I'm in the middle of like a presentation. He starts yelling and my ADD, I'm like, I get off track with my presentation. And then I'm like, why is he yelling? Wait, focus on your presentation. Then I get in the, in the call and he's like, you got to take the dogs to the groomers. I'm locked. I'm in a jam. I was doing something this morning and Hasn't kept on coming in. It was for work. I wanted to punch him in the face. And plus I'm PMSing. I was like this close. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. I didn't expect it, but motherhood is the most challenging thing I've done to date. After a long struggle with infertility, feeling isolated from friends in the community, I had my twins at the age of 41. And the advice I got from people was always one extreme or the other. So here we are, two and a half years later, and I'm curious to figure out what advice and what theories have worked for mothers. Catch up with them and occasionally vent about the things we deal with daily. Hi, I'm Heba Shanbo and welcome to Mommy's Happy Hour. I'm joined today by my close friend Nicole, who's a mother to her two girls. Seba is 11 years old and Lily is five. Hi. I saw you when you were this small. <laughs> <laughs> my God, that's insane. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Do you know what that means? That means we're old. Yeah, I know. Don't remind me. Takes us right back to the card games at your mom's. On a what night was it? Our card games. <laughs> it was during the week because we had the stamina to stay out all, stay up all night, and still do the same thing the next day. That's right. All right, bye, honey. What bye. do you mean, bye? Bye. We're doing a little chit chat. This is work, actually. Yeah, it's actually work. Nicole is originally from Maine is currently based in Pennsylvania, but lived in Cairo for 13 years, so she's practically Egyptian. And as the saying goes, if you drink from the Nile, you will always return to Egypt. Or in Nicole's case, it'll take you more than 13 years before you ever decide to leave. In 1998, shortly after graduating from college, Nicole traveled to Cairo for a visit and ended up staying till 2011. Her 11-year-old daughter is from her first marriage, and she is now happily remarried and living in the US with her husband and two daughters. I have very fond memories of Nicole when we were carefree before we had kids and life consisted of endlessly socializing over drinks with friends. Those were the good old days. She's very familiar with the culture in Egypt, so it was fun to catch up with her and highlight those differences. Motherhood and marriage can be different in different parts of the world, but in essence, they aren't really, are they? Nicole did, though, have some good advice on how to make time for date nights, which I must try. Fingers crossed it'll happen for my husband and I sometime in 2021. Now, as you've heard me say already, I had my twins relatively late at the age of 41. Nicole had her first daughter at 38 and her second at 43. So given my own personal insecurity about being an older parent, we discussed this topic extensively. And I'm relieved to know that Nicole overthinks this just as much as I do. But it's still hard. I mean, being 43, and Dan is three years older than me. We're like the old couple, <laughs> you know, like all Lily's friends' parents are like young. But I mean, we're older and that first three months with Lily, I mean, we were zombies, zombies. I know what you're saying about the older parents because since I had the kids, I calculate every stage in their lives I, according to what, how old I will be. And I'm thinking... First of all, I'll be 60 when they go to college. So I'll be like grandma in the background. And the same time too, I was kind of like, do I really want to be socializing with all these like 
28-year-olds or 30-year-olds now that are taking their kids to nursery? Because it seems like, obviously, I'm the older parent. I got to know a couple of women that are nice, but they're much younger than me. Like, almost 10 years younger than me. Yeah, in Cairo, I can imagine. They would so be it here. Feels, it feels a little awkward. No, here, here you, I, I mean... I would be the minority, but you'll find others. It's actually very common now in, I mean, in certain parts of the States, it's common for older parents. And because, it, you know, there's people that went through IVF too that are later. Um, so it's common, but it's still, it's harder. Like I will do play dates or, you know, now I'm in a mom's group with Lily's friends and yeah, some of them are like eight years younger than me. I don't, there's not a lot of time for that anyways, quite frankly. I, we have zero time to do anything. And now with COVID, it's like, there's not, where are you going to go do what? Like, I can get a sitter, but what are we going to go do to even have a break? Like, I don't, I don't get breaks ever. Yeah, I know. I'll tell you something. I think the first year I had more breaks, probably, when I look back at it. Now it's like, I'm always, if I have a chance to do something, I will opt to sleep early. I'm so exhausted all the time. But I guess you can understand too, because you work as well. So it is much more difficult. Do you, are you working full-time now? Yes. Okay, so you work full-time. Sibba's in school. Sibba's in school two days a week with an alternating Friday. And Lily? Lily goes every day, but she's PM kindergarten. So she's only from 12.50 to 3.05. Oh, my God. Which is like a blank. That's two emails, two fucking emails. I mean, like, what are you going to do? If I didn't have help, what are you going to do with that time? It's like pouring a coffee, going to the bathroom, and two emails. Oh, my God, yeah. That reminds me of when they stopped napping. First of all, I thought every, all kids nap like I had read. Because, you know, you always read things that <laughs> never goes as planned. You're like, I'm thinking, okay, they're going to nap till they're like four. They say most of them will nap till they're four. And they were napping probably two hours every day. So at least I got two hours of a break. Then all of a sudden, out of nowhere probably a month before they started daycare again, all of a sudden they weren't napping at all, at all. And I'm thinking there must be something off here. So I just kept on persisting for a few weeks and literally they don't nap at all. And I was like, oh my God, now I don't even get that 30 minutes or like hour break. It is deadly when it's all day long. But during COVID was, was too hard, hard. I mean, we like Dan and I, the first in March, we really had like, we both were breaking down like, it was one we're not accustomed to having the kids home when we work. Um, it was a disaster, and we were both going through very difficult times. We both didn't know if our jobs were going to continue. We actually, on the same day, we were finding out the fate of our jobs. It was a Wednesday, and you've got the kids in the background breaking down, like bombing the Zoom. Um, you can't get anything done. Um, the organization I work for laid off. 80% of its workforce and I lost all my staff. We went from a department of 53 to 12. It was like the worst, worst time. And yet somehow we made it manage, but it makes right now seem easy breezy because March was so bad. And so yeah, like, I know the kids, I know the kids are probably going to be, school's going to be shut very, we're coming to that. I'm sure eventually it just takes one case and the cases are going up everywhere. So we're better equipped, but again, you go from 7 a.m. until, this is how like I always describe how I'm going to bed. I'm a tree that's being cut and it's falling. Like I literally just go like this, crash. And like you go, go, go until the end until you're like crash. And then there's like a couple of words that come out like to Dan, I'll be like, you know, what? what? And then I'm asleep. 
I mean, we're exhausted. But it's kind of like those drunken nights where you black out. <laughs> I had that, that yeah. first year, by the way. I felt like now when I look back at it, you know when you have the hangover, you don't remember what you did last the night before? I literally felt that whole year was, I was hung over that whole year. I was like confused. What was going on? What did I do yesterday? It was just, but for me, it was a combination of exhaustion, being freaked out, yeah. but also just, just, just like confusion, depression, the whole thing. I was kind of like, how did I get myself into this? Because when Lily was one or two and we moved, we were in Maine and we moved back down to Philly and I was commuting into New York City every day for about two and a half weeks for work. And I was so tired. I was getting like five hours of sleep. I literally fell asleep getting out of Penn Station in a cab going to my meeting, like fell asleep in the cab. And it's just, it was so bad. Um, but it's, I don't, I think the hardest thing is that you don't, and I feel lucky because I'm older and I had a very, um, you know, my twenties, I feel like I lived the fullest, probably too full. Um, where I'm like, you know, nowadays I'm like, if I forget someone, I'm like, yeah, that's, I probably shouldn't have done all those drugs and alcohol. But they're now like, I'm grounded and this is my job. And, you know, in, in most cases, I love being a mom and I'm happy. Had I done this in my 20s, like, there's all these things I would have wanted to try and do. Like, I traveled and I studied and I, you know, made mistakes. But when you're 40 and you have a kid, it's like you have that behind you, you have the bad relationships. And so as much as like, yeah, nobody wants to get married once and then do it all over again and have to go through divorce or whatever. But the second time around, I feel like in being older, you're more grounded in what's coming your way. I mean, I can probably handle being exhausted. I can handle not going anywhere. I can handle not being able to even shop for myself. I mean, I don't, it, it's so different. When, when you were talking about kid, kid people that, couples that have kids and couples that don't, the ones that don't, like my brother and sister-in-law, they don't have a clue. They don't. They just don't have a clue of what it's like to be maxed out, like really maxed out. Um, and God, if they listen to this, I'm gonna like. Oh I love no, you for sure. Because I'll tell you something. But for me, I think about it. I think about it in terms of myself. Before I had the kids, I remember I used to work much more than I do now. Okay. But the difference is like what you're exactly what you're saying, the maxed out feeling, because it's not like before when you used to work and you work and work. And then you're kind of like, I used to work seven days a week, 12 hours a day, probably. But at the end of the day, after two weeks, if I want to take three days off and turn off my phone and not do anything, I can do that. I can sleep all day. I can watch movies. I can travel. Now it's like, you're like, I didn't even think about that. I was like, fuck, I can never turn off my phone. I can never switch off ever so it that took me that whole first year that it's like for some reason i hadn't thought about that so i it really took me probably a year to year and a half to come to terms with that i was like i can that means i can never go out for a drink with a friend because there you, you know what i mean it's like just you can but not like like we did before it's on spare of the moment like okay i'm just gonna go down and you're like 911 for your family forever for life now like you have to be reachable and it's never, it's just never, I'm telling you, it's never like when you think, Oh my God, I now can sit on the couch. Like this happens all the time. You know, I'm literally juggling. I probably have made myself have more ADD because I have to juggle so much. You get something done, you sit down, then someone throws up 
or someone's barking or, you know, every time something else happens or like I have a headache, now I got to get up and get the medicine. I mean, it's, it's nonstop. Yeah. I'll tell you something. What's, what's exhausting is when they're sick. Well, for me, my kids are younger. So obviously I have to tend to them more, but that when that, that whole week when they're, when they're sick or something, Oh, that's deadly because they both get sick at the same time and it's all night long for a week to two weeks. And it's so tiring and exhausting, but I have to ask you, I have a friend of mine because like, I know what you're saying about having kids older, but I have a friend of mine who says his mother always told him, if you ever want to have kids, have kids when you're young in your twenties, because you're in the chaos of life. So you don't really think about the consequences. A lot of, a lot of things you do as you get older, like me and you, we feel like we need to be on call all the time. But when you're younger, do you really think about that? I think it is easier for parents that are in their 20s, on them at least. Well, it could be because they don't put the pressure on themselves. Your 20-year-old is a lot less selfish. I mean, is more selfish than us at our age for most people. Exactly. So, I mean, yeah, it it could be easier, but, you know, is it, I don't know, is it, I had a pediatrician once tell me that he, he said, you know, in the kids that he sees from older parents, there's such a difference. And that from the younger. Um, oh yeah, please tell me that. So what is the difference? Are they better? Are they good kids? <laughs> They're a hell of a lot smarter. No. Okay, um, good. <laughs> no, but I mean, I just think that there is, you know, not every 20 year old. Look, I think all of us possibly when we were younger would have liked to have gotten married earlier. We thought we'd fall in love and get married and have kids. And like, I look at some of my high school friends that are very successful. They married early and now it's funny when I look at their Instagram and they're like sending their kids off to college. And I'm like, oh my God. But I mean, everybody's dealt a different life card, you know, does, you know, is their life any better now that they're like empty nesters at 40? I don't know. Yeah, I know what you mean. I think, I think I, I kind of think maybe twenties is too early to have kids for sure. But I felt like, I don't know. I just, I, I don't know. I had this and I don't know if other women feel like this. I always feel like this regret. I wish, well, it's not regret because I couldn't get pregnant before that, obviously, because I tried too many times, but I really would have wished and for some reason, maybe this is really superficial, but I felt like I wish I had them just before I turned 40. You know what I mean? So I'm just <laughs> not that six year old at college graduation, but you know, I don't know. Maybe because my parents, my, my, my parents were young when they had me. And I'm sure your parents were as well. So I'm really close to my mother. So I'm kind of, maybe sometimes when I think about that, I worry that maybe there's too much of a, an age gap between me and my kids. I, I think know. about that too when I'm older, but then again, you know what, there's Botox, there's facelifts. Hopefully we can inject something somewhere else. We'll be fine. Yeah, that's, that's... No one will know when we're sitting in the back with like magnifying glasses on, like, what did they say? <laughs> Is that my kid? <laughs> that's true. But by the way, I'm always like now, especially Shireen, my sister, okay, you know, of course. She was like, uh, kids are going to make you age very fast. And it's true. Since I had the kids, I have all this white hair sprouting. I don't think I had one white hair before. And now I have all these white hairs and I certainly think it's time for Botox for me or something because I just feel like when I look at myself in pictures, I'm like, holy shit, is that me? So I'm like, fucking hell. 
I, I, I have all these Zoom calls. I'm like trying to like position myself. I'm like, what? oh my God, yes. I do that now when my husband takes a picture of me. It's like I have to look at them over and over again. What about those Instagram filters? Those are amazing. I know. We're going to have to, hey, if we continue in this world of uh, being virtual, we, we can look like anything. I know it's true. Huh? Or maybe I should just sit like this and hold my skin back. I know. Do you, do you have you, I mean, do you work out and things like that? Um, it's been on my notebook for the past <laughs> 11 years. Of, wait a minute, I'll tell you online. Actually, if I turn to yesterday, I, I got a, I got an agenda that doesn't have dates on it. So therefore I don't feel bad, but I know one of the goals was on this page, um, to get back to doing at least three days a week. And that was supposed to start on Monday or Wednesday. Nothing. I've been, I was doing yoga Peloton app and then we have a stationary bike, but I need to. Yeah, I need to as well. I, for the past year, I've been on five pairs of clothes, like five, five outfits on repeats, like literally for the last year. And it's because, you know, the, the like, waistband and, and every time I feel like I've lost a little bit of weight, I try on my pre-pregnancy clothes and they don't pass my hips. And I'm like, the fuck is happening yeah. and i'm just hoping <laughs> did you get back to your pre-pregnancy weight or is that not happening for no, me no i was gonna tell you i have clothes in my closet that i've carried from cairo and i don't know why the hell i still have them they're never ever gonna fit me ever again like so why am I, why do i have these clothes in my closet i did a little bit of purging this last weekend it was hard but i was like nicole your hips are never gonna fit into those ever again and you have to be okay with letting them go Maybe you should think of the other kind of purging. <laughs> Maybe that'll work. And I'm, I, sometimes I'm like, fuck, I really need to. No, then we're going to have to invest in bleaching the teeth. I don't know what will happen. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, no, we don't want that. We don't want that. No, we don't want that. But, uh, yeah, I don't get it. It's like I'm like, I, and I look at myself, and I, and I don't think that I look that much fatter than before, but I must be because my clothes don't fit me. But I'm like, and I keep on every month, I'm like, no, no, I'm going to lose that weight. And it just doesn't really happen. Well, that's taking time for yourself. Right? I know. And when you have kids, you don't have time for yourself. That's the biggest thing. You, you literally have no time for yourself. Even when I get it, if I'm laying, trying to meditate or do yoga, I'm, I've got like, I always think about my brain like this. If you could envision like post-its flying out of a brain, like, this post-it saying this, this post-it's this, this is about lunch, this is about Outlook. Last year, I literally had like four calendars in my Outlook. One was for the kids, one was for the activities, one was for work, one was, I mean, it's so ridiculous. Like, I can't even relax my brain. Like, I had to get into therapy about being in the moment. Like, how can anybody be in the moment when the phone's ringing, your email is binging, dog's barking, somebody's throwing up, somebody needs to go potty, someone stole someone's Barbie. Yeah, no, but, but you know, it, it, the calendar thing is a good thing. And I never had, I never put things in my calendar before I had the kids. Now I do, and it makes my life a little bit easier because it actually reminds me, because it's true. I mean, you do, your IQ does take a dive or not IQ, but it's like, you just got so many things in your brain. You do forget so many things. And it's like, I just completely, like, I used to be so on time all the time. Now it's like, I really struggle to be on time for things and, and you know, for meetings and something always, always comes up. But I'm sure for you, as they get older, it's less so like completely out of the blues. Don't tell me no. Don't you tell just me get no. Other you just get other things that come up. 
I mean, that's the thing. You have more tat, like it's just different. It's different responsibility at a higher level. Like, you know, you don't have to have the hands on so much. Like for you, once you got through that toddler phase and they're walking and they're a little semi-independent and now, you know, you've got a little, but once they get more educated and more vocal with their communication, there becomes a mental like balance and challenge with them, like to negotiate all the time. Um, And then there's just like, there's more tasks. Like sometimes I forget to fill out forms at school and they're emailing me saying, Oh, so-and-so is going on a field trip today. We don't have our form. Um, you know, it's just like, again, it's, it just shifts and changes. So not only are you working, but you're also doing meals. You're also doing this. You're also driving. You're also, you know, you're just piling more stuff on and there really is no real true break from that. Like even when I get a couple of days away, if Dan and I go away, I, we've gotten better about it, but you have to be look at your phone make sure everything's going well you have to like do the nanny schedule so and when we were younger we could if we took three days off or if we went out one night we could sleep all day the next day call in sick for work there's no going downstairs and locking myself in the bedroom and saying i'm taking a break today oh yeah you gotta power through it power through it but do you do you take time off alone you and dan often how often do you Well, we used to, pre-COVID, we had a date night every month. We were like on a really good streak where we would like to do some really fun stuff, like surprise each other with concerts. Then we went for like a long weekend to Arizona. Uh, We'd go away. It was like really fun. But now with COVID, it's like you can't really go anywhere. And our help completely changed. So I used to have a nanny who was an urgent care nurse and she was fabulous. She's like better than me. Like she takes care of the kids better than I do. Um, and she works in the hospital. So we couldn't, we basically had to like drop that relationship because we're not going to have her come into the house after being at the hospital and vice versa. So now the help's a little different and who we can actually trust to come in and sleep. And, you know, even, even that it's super expensive. Like I'm sure your sister tells you, like, it's not, it's not like Egypt where I can get someone to be here for the month for $500. Oh, yeah, like yeah, no. it's, it's $500 for three days. Like you go away for a week. It's a grand at least just for coverage. Okay. I'll tell you something. It's true for sure. That is definitely a luxury in Egypt, but I have to say the the quality is different too. I mean, at the beginning, I'll tell you something now, finally I found somebody that's good, but before the kids turned a year and a half, it was a disaster after disaster after disaster, because first of all, You know, the nannies here, they would never come on time. They would show up at 11 and 12 in the afternoon. They're, the kids are up from 6, 6 a.m. I was doing everything. So basically, it was just her babysitting for a few hours while I go to the office, just like, you know, tend to the really important things to just come back. So right. it, I was like, it was like just continuous. I would prep their meals. I would prep their lunch. She would just basically come, come in at the time I, was, I would be feeding them for lunch. So, and then I would finish, obviously, because I'm in the middle of it, I'd finish it, and then I would leave. And then come back, you know, probably before they have dinner. Uh, but the thing is, is it took me, okay, so that year and a half was, that's why it felt so difficult for me the first year and a half, because I was literally doing everything. Right. And after that, I finally found somebody. Of course, that also takes you a while to get, they get used to you, you get used to them. You know, they get used to the children, you're comfortable with them, you trust them, I don't know what. It literally took me probably almost a year for me to be comfortable to let her handle them on her own. I was just going to say, you know what, I never thought about that. 
like there'd be many times where I'm like, it's 10 o'clock and I'm like sweating bullets and I'm like putting the dishes in the dishwasher. I'm like, God, back in Egypt, like I would have had like her come in here and fold everything and I wouldn't be doing this. But you're absolutely right. Like there's something to say about that expense and quality versus having someone cheaper that you don't even trust. And it's funny because now that I think back to it, the trust I put in my nannies here, I would have never put in the trust, that trust in the nannies in Egypt. Yeah, no, no I mean, I'll tell you, Nicole, the first, when I kind of, you know, I kind of let her, I, I said like, I'll trust her and I'll, I, I used to like set their meals and things like that. And then after a few months of being with me, I'd be like, okay, they seem fine. So I kind of wouldn't follow, I wouldn't be giving her strict instructions because she's been with me for six months. So she saw everything. At one point they got really fussy with their meal times. So I'm like, there's something wrong. So I stayed home for a week. She was piling their food in the plate. You'd think they're like adults. And I was like, I went ballistic. That week I went completely ballistic. And of course my mom thought I had uh, gone cuckoo and the nanny thought I was crazy. But I was like, obviously they're not gonna eat all day long if you're giving them this amount of food. And it was, it was a tough time because I had to, I had to re, retrain them in terms of eating Mm-hmm. because of that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it was like three weeks of hell because yeah. sometimes I had to like, sometimes they were almost starving, but, but they were throwing things on the floor, spitting out food, all that kind of stuff. And I was like, why are they doing that now? So yeah, no, no, it, it can be difficult in that sense because you have to micromanage a lot of that stuff here. So let me ask you, do you and have them actually get to have conversations or do you feel like your sentences are like, well, <laughs> like cut, I mean, Siva and Lily interrupt us. I mean, we can't even, we can't even hug. If we're hugging in the kitchen, hiding behind the, the refrigerator, someone will come and like break it up. Well, we're, we're still not that stage. Yeah, no, there, there were okay. We can have a conversation, Taban, we forget midway probably what we were talking about. And no, there are a lot of things <laughs> that come up. There's a lot of screaming in the background. There's a lot of crying for no, absolutely no reason. Uh, and yeah, now they're at a stage where they kind of have their own opinion. So there is a little more of a pushback with them. But, but no, we, we're okay. I mean, I stay up later than I should because just to hang out with Hazem for a bit, for a couple of hours before I go to bed. But um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's just, but we never have date nights. Well, because of COVID too. But before that... I just don't know. It just feels like the same things here a little bit. Yeah. Like it's anything different. It's the same restaurants that were here probably when you were here. Wow. I feel like I have no friends either. Okay. Well, listen, we don't really have friends either. Um, But the thing is, even like we were like Friday night, I was like, I'll get, I got a sitter for a couple hours. He's like, well, what are you, what are we going to do? It's, it's not necessarily like he doesn't want to go drink and he doesn't want to go to a restaurant. He wanted to work out. And I'm like, well, it's supposed to rain. So like, what are we going to do? The thing is, you need, even if we're driving around, parked somewhere, just having a conversation for a couple hours, and, or just not saying anything, you need that time. Because if you don't take it, your ability to stay sane, I mean, for myself, it just, it's not there. Like, I need to unplug and I need to not be going at 100 miles an hour with all kinds of different things going on. Or I just need to like focus on him for like that minute, like be able to like sit and enjoy the conversation without worrying about a million other things. And you have to just force it. Like, 
But you know, that is really good advice, by the way. And I also really, really like the thing that you guys surprise each other every once in a while. That is really cute, by the way, because we don't do nice. any of that. The surprise is like, I don't know what it is now. The surprise is like, hey, um, let's watch a movie. It's like, like literally, and we go, and do you know what we do? We switch on all the channels on Netflix for like hours and we don't find anything. And then I'm like, I'm really tired. I'm going to bed. So that's it. Like literally, we do that so many times. We look at Netflix. We're like, well, let's watch this. Let's watch that. And it just, we're like, he doesn't want to watch something. I don't want to watch what he wants to watch. I'm like, okay. And then we watch something. We put something on finally, you know, after an hour of, of like scrolling through things, we put it on. We're both on our phones. We're like, <laughs> he's like, what are you doing? I was like, why are you asking me? What are you on the phone? You've been on the phone for two hours. And he's like, well, because you're on the phone. I'm like, well, I did because you were on the phone. Okay. So he's like, okay, fine. So we just continue on the phone. I'm like, you know what? I'm tired. I'm going to bed. That's it. Well, Hey, try this last, last Friday. Or it's like, all right, it's Friday night, state night. We're not going anywhere, but I might as well look like it's state night. So I go downstairs and put on a cute little outfit and put makeup on and come up and the kids are like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> Mommy looks Why like does your slut? face look like that? It's <laughs> <laughs> like, woo. It's like all of this. I'm like, well, at least we'll remember it. At least like I've got to get dressed up for somebody or like put some makeup on. Otherwise you're going to be looking at this for another couple of years. No, but no, I, n I never did that just because like of what I said, most of my nice clothes don't fit me. So <laughs> I have nothing to wear. Wear a bathrobe. <laughs> yeah. That probably won't be more sexy than what I look like now. Hmm. But, but yeah, don't you think, don't you think marriage gets kind of better with kids in a way it does. huh? It's boring. It can get boring in a lot of things, but it's nicer because you have a companion to help you. You know what I mean? It's like, like it does. It does. Well, I mean, we're lucky we have both companions. I mean, it sounds like 50-50 with you. And he sounds like a great dad and he participates and he's into it. And Dan like helps me with everything. But when the shoe's on the other way, like I can't even imagine. I mean, I was in, in that situation, but I can't imagine having kids and all this responsibility and then having someone who's like, doesn't help. Yeah. Like that. You but know, I'll tell you something, I has, the first six months didn't. I had to beat him into submission. He, he's generally good. He's good, but I had to, I, I really had to put my foot down there. Because you know Egypt, it can get a little bit like, but you're the mother, you know. Right, right, it's right, your right. job. It's like, what? It's right. like my job, I said, I'm supposed to do this and go to work and help out and do everything else and cook and, you know, and manage everything else and you just go to work and come back? I don't think so. You have to move here. Yeah, I know. Come join your sister, but not in Charlotte. How's your mom? Does she help out a lot? My mom was amazing. But again, you know, it has to do with the environment and the situation I was in. My mother is at a stage where she does not want to be the nanny or the babysitter. She wants to be the grandma that does the cool things. She only does suits on, on her terms. Um, and I, I found as, as we got older and as things changed, it was less stressful for me just to hire the help than to have my mom help because they the hired help doesn't bother me. doesn't call me and give me their opinion. doesn't, you know, just does their job and I can take my break and do what I want to do without being interrupted. Um, 
But again, being older and not having my mom, like my mom doesn't live in Pennsylvania. Dan's mom's 83. Um, you have to rely on hired help. We have no free help. <laughs> no free help here. By the way, that's a good point because actually, so your mother, she's American. My mother's Egyptian. They're the same. They're so critical. And my mother too was this, but my mother was a nightmare the first year, by the way. She was really bad. She wouldn't help out. She would give me, she'd come in and give me all this criticism and judge me and what are you doing? And, but it's like, I, I guess I didn't want to hire help. I wanted people I trusted to help me out because I wasn't sure about trusting the kids with other people. I got like really paranoid at one point. I was like, what if I leave? What if they fall? What if they are not paying attention and something happens to them? So I really wanted to be there the whole time. So I wanted my mother to help out and be more proactive. She wasn't at all. Like literally, I remember her passing by between, she'd be like, I'll come by before Pilates class, but I have to leave in like 10 minutes. And I'm like, okay, but I need you to help me out because I need to go to work. And I didn't have any hired help. And like you said, it's not, Egypt's difficult to find people to help you out, like good people. So it was very, very tough for me. And I felt like this, this like feeling of regret in her eyes that I had kids. Maybe that was completely my paranoia, by the way. So I, yeah, because it, it, it looked like she looked really overwhelmed. She was like, oh my God. And I think because my kids weren't very easy, there was a lot of crying in the first six months for absolutely no reason. And I think it's a bit of a character thing because my daughter still cries for absolutely no reason sometimes and screams at the top of her lungs. So now I can see that. Do you remember Seba? I remember, yeah, you had a hard time with Seba, right? At the beginning? She cried all the time. It's anxiety. Yeah, I don't know what it was, but she was just screaming all the time. Yeah. It was, it was tough. It, it, was, it, was, it was so tough for me. And I, I know it was really tough for her, I think. And it's like we couldn't, we, we used to hang out all the time, me and her, like really close. And like, we didn't have that time where we could just hang out, me and her, and have a cup of coffee. That was it. Those times were gone. We were just sitting there listening to like these babies cry, cry, cry. We were like, it was really stressful. But after they turned a year and a half, now she's great. But because they're more independent, yeah. you know what I mean? They're, they, they, you know, and she, I think she really enjoys this stage. And I think the stage is so cute. Okay. It's, it's tough. I find, but I really like it. I think it's cute. Very cute. Yeah. yeah it's a really cute stage. I mean, one to five is very cute. Lily's five and she's adorable. I mean, it's, I don't want her to grow, to be honest with you. We're left, I mean, she comes down and she sleeps, she's tall. She sleeps in our room every single night. And we're like, you know what? It's our last child, might as well. So she has a mattress on the floor. She comes down every night. I'm like thinking tonight, I'm like, oh, is this going to be a night where, you know, we're going to do something? And then he'll come in the bathroom and be like, our roommate's down here. <laughs> I know. Like roommates that never leave. Right. And that never clean up after them, those little fuckers. No, I know. I can't wait to meet them. Where are they now? They're sleeping. Thank you, God. Oh. Yeah. How is Nira with them? Nira's great. Nira, the same thing too. I think at the beginning, oh, you know, but by the way, she's like, after she had, six months after she had them, she's like, she's like, you know, Hibba, you cured me from ever wanting to have kids. She's like, before that, I used to hold kids and I used to feel like this, feeling this motherly instinct feeling she's like we, after your kids i'm like i don't have my like ovaries shriveled up or something she's like i don't 
ever want to have kids. So I'm like, thank you, God. She can babysit now. No, but the first year was tough. Now she's great. She comes over every day. Personally, I hope she doesn't listen to this. I think sometimes she comes over too much. I'm like, sometimes it's like, Hasman, I just wanted to just be slumped on the sofa doing nothing, not <laughs> talking to anybody. Right. And then you have Nira just sitting there in the background, just there. I'm kind of like, what is she doing? And I'm like, Nira, do you want to eat something? No. Do you want to watch something? No. I'm like, I felt like, like, so what are you doing? Why don't you go home? <laughs> but is like, she living with your mom still? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they live right across the street from me now. You know, I moved. Oh, cool. They're right across the street. But, uh, but yeah, no, it makes my life much easier. Literally, I was, remember, I was like 15-minute walk from, from them. And that was even too far for them. But yeah, you lived here when you were here. I think also having kids in the city in Cairo is a bit challenging. It's very difficult to move around. You just reminded me of those days of like Siba, literally an infant in the wheelchair crossing 26 July Street with the smog and the cars and beep, beep, beep and the dirt. And I can't believe I was doing that. I just, I mean. Can you imagine me with the double stroller? No. <laughs> oh my God, it's a nightmare. No. Yeah, I'm no, surprised no, a baby flip out. <laughs> I can't. I mean, there's no ramps down. I mean, uh, no, I can't. Yeah, yeah, no, but you know they've done a few ramps now. They do, they've done on some of the streets, but they're literally this narrow. I'm like, what are these <laughs> ramps for? The wheelchair wheel's gonna fall off. <laughs> for a bicycle. I'm like, what the hell? And like, literally we have to get on it and we try to, and we can't, so we have to circumvent and go the other way. But I've got, hasn't made the best decision. We got this, um, uh, for Egypt especially, we got this double stroller, it's the mountain buggy. Oh, so they stand behind? No, no, no. It's, it's, it's the brand mountain buggy. The wheels on it are like tires. Ah. So it makes a huge difference. When we had the other ones before that, you know, just like even the really good ones, I don't remember what the brands were, but no, it's a struggle getting them down up and because you know how it is here. It's like you have to go up and down, up and down, up and down all the time. And there's a car parked too close to the ramp. So you can't get up the ramp or they're stuck together. So you have no way of moving, getting off the the pavement into the no it's 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 a disaster so at least the mountain buggy with two kids in it it like at least you can manage it without like breaking a sweat think about it now we're like bragging about our strollers you're like the mountain buggy yes it's the best (laughs) (laughs) i'm not joking it's brilliant i was like oh my god thank god he did the research and thank god he bought it. it it really made a huge difference for egypt oh yeah yeah it's like literally, it saved our lives. The mountain buggy. All right, everybody, you have to remember to get the mountain buggy. It's the tires on the. <laughs> oh yeah, especially if you're gonna live in Cairo, you gotta get that mountain buggy. Oh god. God, I miss you, Nicole. I oh, miss you too. I don't have any friends that I can talk to honestly here. I, by the way, I just met two girls. I feel like you know I'm at that stage where, you know, when you're meeting guys and you're dating guys, I feel that way with girls. <laughs> why because i meet girls and i'm like i really want to meet an interesting girl that i can hang out with that we can chat and like have like honest conversations with and and it's like i'm like i, I go out with a girl like or i have a conversation with a girl and has will ask me so how did it go i'm like uh, i don't know it, i didn't really feel the connection so like literally it's like my new thing now is like my connection with like these girls as opposed to 
you know, when you have on your first date. But no, no, but it makes a huge difference when you have kids. It's like you want to like connect with other women. Yeah, it's that like collaboration and like venting and being able to like talk about stuff. And I mean, the other gender doesn't like as caring and as, you know, as endearing they can be. They don't always get it. Like it's, you just need that. Yeah, I mean, I haven't had friends since I left Egypt. Like very few. I have a couple of like Lily's friends, I, like I try and then I'm like, I'll go out to dinner and I'll invite Dan. We'll do like a couple's dinner and Dan will be like looking at me from down the table being like, and then we'll get home and be like, don't ever do that again. He's, a, he's terrible. He doesn't, he's like, he didn't talk to me the whole dinner. <laughs> it's like I, might like, I might like the lady, you know, we're having a grand old time, bottles of red down. And then I'm looking down the other end and he's like, I'm trying to make conversation with this guy. He's terrible. Right. Finding like a couple is even harder than just like, another girl to hang out with. Thanks for joining me and Nicole on Mommy's Happy Hour this week. I'm Hippa Shunbo and our producer is Chirag Desai. You can find the show in your favorite podcast player and connect with me on Instagram at Hippa Shunbo. If you've enjoyed this, please take a minute to share it with friends and leave us a review in your podcast app. Can't wait to join you again in two weeks. See you then.